Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car has been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. Not too tight? Okay. You ready? All right. Drivers, start your engines. I have never, ever felt so special. Brakes are warm. Tires are warm. What do you say we try a hot lap, huh? I'd like to stay out here forever. Stay with them forever. We're gonna take this one at speed, you okay? I wish I could glimpse what awaits them in Marinello. Denny will be a wonderful driver for Ferrari. So wonderful that one day they will pluck him from the ranks to give him a tryout for their Formula One team. Try me, he'll say. I'd like to see that. But we can't have everything we want. Besides, the best drivers don't dwell on the future or the past. The best drivers focus only on the present. You've been a good friend. Very good friend. The best of friends. We'll be heading home soon. But for now, all I want is one more lap. Just one more. I'll bark again so he knows. Faster, Denny. Faster. was ever won in the first corner. But many have been lost there. I should know. I was born to be a race car driver. But there's only one problem. That's not me. That's me. He picked me out of a pile of pups. A tangled mass of paws and tails. <laughs> this one. Definitely this one. It's the pick of the litter. She always said that. Well, just a minute now. We were thinking of keeping them. He always said that, too. Hey. Call it fate, call it luck. All I knew was I was meant to be his dog. You like that, huh? Like it. I loved it. Is this life? The sound, the smells. I felt like I truly belonged. Is this love? In racing, your car goes where your eyes go. Some new beginning. Really much of a dog person. He's more person than dog. Denny was clearly taken with her grooming. She probably bathed every day for all I knew. Does he always stare at people like this? If he likes them. Set me free. The best drivers don't dwell on the future or the past. Set me free. The best drivers focus only on the present.
knows what curves life will throw at you. But if a driver has the courage to create his own conditions, then the rain is simply rain. But for now, all I want is one more lap. Faster, Denny. Faster. Oh, sweet boy, come here. It must be amazing to have a body that can carry an entire creature inside. I just hoped it would look like me. Pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Nothing up my sleeve. Crystal! <laughs> no doubt about it. I gotta get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Hi, this is Dana Meekum. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Tune in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfstreamMotorsports.com, where you can find out all about us. And if you miss any of our 569 shows, I believe now, can counting, uh, don't forget to check out Nostalgic Radio and Cars, the archive page. Good evening. I was going to say good evening, Tommy, but he's busy navigating through the phones right now because he's got stuff. Who knows? Somebody's calling. But at any rate, uh, so uh, let's see. Just uh, another uh, lumbering through the week kind of thing. Uh, what we do? we go to a car show? I don't even remember if we went to a car show. But two weeks ago, I went to a car show. I went to the Villages. Last week, I think I just uh, tinkered around the shop. But at any rate, today I had an interesting call. So uh, while I was rolling around uh, Penningless County here, um, and I'm being polite, um, because it's priceless county now. I think that's what we should call it. Instead of penniless, it was penniless county years ago. Now it's priceless county because you can't afford to live here. But at any rate, uh, I got a call from a gentleman and uh, kind of a cool guy. And he says, "Hey, look, uh, I was referred to you by, uh, and I don't mind mentioning it, uh, Ron at Superior Auto Body is uh, probably one of the best body shops in Pinellas County, uh, for especially for high end stuff. You know, super, super, super nice guys down there, Ron and Mike and everybody. So if you need your car down, go see my buddies down there at Superior. They're right off of 49th Street in Pinellas Park. But at any rate, uh, so they recommended me to this gentleman who had this old car. Now, I just got through telling you that Ron at Superior does all these high end, really, 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 really cool cars. And, um, but this gentleman didn't have a really, really, really cool high-end car. He had something that I just thought was absolutely cool. Now, you know me. I'm kind of an old-school hot rider. This guy had a 1952 or three Henry J. Gasser. Now, that was so cool. When I rolled up in his driveway, and that thing was sitting up on the trailer with a straight axle underneath it, and it did have a small block Chevrolet hanging out of it, which was fine with me. Um, he had a straight six in it with a aftermarket manifold and a four-barrel holly on it. And he had a Ford 9-inch under it, and he had a uh, Muncie training in it. And I thought, now, that's cool. He had four-inch or four-and-a-half-inch uh, torque thrust, torque, torque thrust-looking kind of wheels on the front, and he had a set of original repos, and he had a set of original Jenny's 15-by-10s uh, on the rear with a set of stickies on there. Now, that was just a cool car. I mean, you can see he stitched the car together, and he did all the fabrication and everything himself. And uh, do we have our guests on the line already? John? John's on the line already? Oh, okay, good. Well, I'll tell you what. Since uh, John is on standby, I'm going to introduce to you our first guest for the show for the evening. He's a director of communications and the lead commentator for our good friends over there at Meekum Auction. Now, Meekum's got a big event this weekend at the Orlando Convention Center. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening my good friend and old buddy and guitar friend, John Craman. John, how you doing? Hey, Dan, doing great. We are getting revved up for the Orlando Summer Special. Tell us about this now, because you've got some really cool collections coming, but you're also at a different location. You're at the Orlando Convention Center off of uh, iDrive. Right, and this I mean, this is an auction that really shouldn't be happening, because normally we would be in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, this time of the year. But because our venue up there now for two years in a row... Uh, it was not available due to it being used for uh, COVID PPE equipment storage. We decided for the second time to do our second uh, summer special. Last year we were at Kissimmee Osceola Heritage Park, mm -hmm. where our traditional big 
January auction always is. That's the world's largest collector car auction. But we lucked out this year where the downtown Orlando Convention Center had some space for us, open it up so we can have everything indoors, everything undercover, and everything air-conditioned. So, man, we're really looking forward to coming down there and just enjoying uh, the summer, but doing it in a cool way. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, more than cool. Okay, so you're still up in uh, Wisconsin, right? Is it Walsworth, Wisconsin? Is that where you guys are? Yep. Yeah, Walsworth, Wisconsin is the Meekham headquarters and about 130 full-time employees in our facility. Okay. Now, Walsworth is what? How far north of the, sh- the Illinois border? About two miles, literally. We're <laughs> two miles. Northwest of downtown Chicago. We are right about, about half the employees live in Illinois, half live in Wisconsin. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, my, my cousin lives over in Fox Lake, which is right down the road from you guys. So Fox Lake is just a little bit from the office of Walworth, just a little bit southeast. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, cool. Well, anyway, all right, so, John, tell us about some of the specials. Well, what's really cool about this auction is is we set it up as a three-day auction with a thousand cars. Okay. And about three weeks ago, we blew past that. We oh. had added it. We had it. We added Wednesday, July twenty-eighth, and as of today, we've got almost thirteen hundred entries coming to this little pickup auction, which really indicates two things: number one, the loyalty of all the folks down in Florida, even in the summertime, for what we do at Meekum Auctions, uh, and just as importantly, though, is just how strong, how hot the collector car market is right now. A lot of great cars have, uh, that probably we wouldn't see in the market, have decided to make the trek down to Orlando and join us, and that uh, includes the usual high-end American performance cars and Corvettes, but man, I'll tell you, we're just killing it on collections. We've got no less than seven really premium collections, including the best collection of Corvairs. We have 14 Corvairs coming out of a collection out of Miami. And, of course, we'll have six-figure cars. We'll have $5,000 cars. We like to make sure that everybody understands the venue is wide open. Spectators welcome. Go to meetthem.com, buy tickets for 20 bucks in advance. At the door, they'll be 30 bucks. Still plenty of time to get a car consigned, believe it or not, and plenty of time to get signed up as a bidder. So it's all good. It's going to be a big, major auction that was never even, you know, kind of came out of nowhere. What do you think really is attributing? Because really, since I'm going to say the middle of last year, when you guys did your auction in Orlando, the market's really kind of spiked on cars a little bit. It has, and I'm glad that you've noticed that as well. You know, we first literally saw that and started reporting on it about about a year ago. Didn't know how long it was going to continue, but just a bit of a fluke. And here's what here's what my personal observation is, as a guy that eats, lives, and breathes cars 24-7-365, um, I really feel that it's because collector cars put us in our happy place. And I'll give you some examples. Uh, I've had recent conversations with both Wade Kawasaki, he's the guy that heads up uh, Coker Wheel and Tire, and Rick Schmidt down, in, down there in Florida, mm-hmm. uh, the guy that heads up National Parts Depot. Both of them are having record years as people are finishing up projects as well. This is a prime time for people to make their priorities, actually make them come alive, whether it be buying a car, selling a car, working on a car, driving their car, how you feel when you're behind the wheel, man, that's what it's all about. And I think it's really driving this market. People are saying, you know what, life is short, we're going to have fun, and they are. Anything in particular at this auction coming up that... Well, tell us a little bit about the auction. Have you been down here to kind of like survey the the convention center a little bit? No, I haven't, but I've heard it's an absolutely world-class, spectacular venue. I have not personally visited uh, that myself. I've driven by it when Mm -hmm. we're down there for the Kissimmee auction and making some trips around there. But uh, it'll be, for most of us, it'll be our absolute first time uh, to the convention center and... Just to be clear, we are not moving our biggie, the world's biggest collector auction, on consumer auction. Yet we are not moving that to the convention center. This is just an event that was available for this for this particular time period. They had an opening, we took it, and we love Osceola Heritage Park. The folks there have done a lot of updates and upgrades for us over the years. And as that auction continues to grow with you know 3,500 plus cards, uh, that is our that's our home down there. But man, to have a summer home at the convention center and do 1,300 cars when our original address target was 1,000, 
all indicates, man, the people in Florida love Mecham, and the collector car market is just so strong. It's just unbelievable how satisfying and gratifying it is to be part of a market. I know a lot of folks are struggling and suffering in their own businesses, uh, and, you know, obviously that's tragic, but real estate and construction and cars, whether it be new cars, used cars, or collector cars, are all experiencing uh, strong activity right now. It is what it is. It's, it's quite interesting. You took the words out of my mouth because I was going to ask if there was ever the remote possibility that you would shift from Heritage over to the convention center. But I think you also answered my next question, which was a summer home inside the convention center is pretty cool. Indeed it is. And, okay. you know, the inventory, the inventory that we're bringing in, honestly, justifies first-class treatment. Okay. Um, I mentioned the collections, a lot of great high-end performance cars, all the usual staples, you know, 63 split window Corvettes, plenty of GTOs. In fact, I mentioned Corvettes. They typically represent about 10% of the Mecham inventory as our number one uh, most uh, popular on the auction block individual model. And I'm going to be watching for, we have a 2020 Corvette, one of the new C8s in Sebring Orange, that it's the very last 2020 C8 Corvette built, a 3LT loaded to the gills, and it's going to be crossing the block at no reserve. So that's going to be a lot of fun to see where that goes. As we know, the C8 Corvettes are white hot marketplace right now, like everything else is. Oh, yeah, they're dealing marking them up substantially. It, indeed, right? Yeah, 20 to 30,000 over window sticker is not unusual in today's today's media market well the pri performance racing industries used to have their convention there in the uh in december um at the convention center and that was a lot of fun because everybody used to go to that and we liked it and we were kind of a little upset that they moved it up to uh back up to indy um but at any rate so now you guys kind of fill the void down here but that's great now tell us about some of the other really, really special cars that are going to be coming through there that we should keep an eye on. And also, is this going to be televised? Um, because of the Olympics, of course, our oh, network, yeah. NBCSN, is Olympics. Um, we're not going to be providing television coverage. But the good news for your listeners is, uh, during the auction, while it's live, just go to Meekum.com and then click the Watch Now button. And if you can't make it to the auction, the next best thing is to watch the live stream. And that will have gavel-to-gavel action. You'll see the car. You'll see a description. You'll hear the auctioneer. You'll see what it, either what it sells for or what the high bid is. Completely free. No commentary from the announcers on our TV show. But, you, like I say, it's, it's, it's very much like being there in the audience, only you're watching it from the comfort of your home. And uh, so, so that's what's happening there. One of the great cars, Robert, that I'm really especially looking forward to seeing it's lot number s142 it's a 69 dodge daytona nascar race car not a street car that was driven by country music legend marty robbins marty robbins color yeah such a cool guy and actually quite a bit successful racer and he had such distinctive paint schemes with that purple and yellow paint scheme and this has been fully restored by uh, ray evernham which is nascar hall of fame crew chief led uh uh, Jeff Gordon before the Rainbow Warriors titles, back in the day Rainbow Warriors mm-hmm. yeah his shop did the restoration on it. it's authentic it's really really cool a real important piece of NASCAR and country music history and then and then the muscle cars uh, everything from you know Mopars to to uh, big block Chevys I'd mentioned Corvettes Corvette Resto mods we've got one in particular that that we're actually terming a main attraction that's aftermarket chassis ls3 engine upgrade but still sporting that unmodified classic one-year-only split window body style that is just so cool and then trucks man trucks continue to grow and grow and grow whether they're stock or original restored modified pro touring or resto mod trucks also especially that 67 to 72 the glamour era pickups uh, the Chevy C10s, one of the hottest vehicles on the market right now, and Broncos too. We'll, we can we can put them in that column as well. So if if you're an entry level buyer, you know, let's say a guy with not a ton of money, but you want to kind of buy into a classic, what do you where the where's what where's the market level for that guy? An entry level market. And let's say you still want something nostalgic, you know, and he's an older guy. Let's say he's in his fifties and sixties and he's got a few dollars to invest. What do you think, what, is, what should he be looking for? 
What kind of cars do you think is a great value? Well, obviously the very first thing somebody needs to do is establish a budget. That is always the number one rule. And then the second rule, pretty closely tied in with that, is is you want to start identifying cars that you have a particular interest in. And for a lot of us, it started back in the day. We either we couldn't afford it back in the day, or we were just simply too young. We had a lot of memories and fondness. Always wanted a you know certain type car, uh, and that's a that's a good place to start. Or or again, you just go to meetem.com and and click on the inventory pages. And it's so easy to navigate that website and look and see if something literally jumps out at you of interest. One car in particular, I hate to keep, you know, talking about Corvettes, but lot number W37 is a 92 Corvette. That's the first year for the LT1 300-horse engine. It's white with a red interior, which mimics the original colors of the 1953 Corvettes, all 300, Mm -hmm. white with a red interior. It literally looks like a brand-new car. And I'm guessing that it's probably going to sell for somewhere around ten thousand dollars, give or take a little bit. Well, that's It'd a buy. Be a way for somebody to dip their toe in the water of owning an older car without, you know, without spending a bunch of money. But there's there's plenty of them, especially in the first couple of days. The Wednesday and Thursday inventory will have a lot of mid-level and entry-level collector cars, four-door sedans, and and other body styles that aren't typically as valuable as the more flashy versions. That's also a real good place to look at start. Um, I noticed a resurgence in the interest in station wagons, or long roofs, as we say. Yep. So, so uh, are there going to be quite a few of those? There will be. You know, it's funny you mention that, because um, you know, station wagons back in the day typically were just were used up. They were cars. Mm-hmm. And so not as many have survived as the flasher cars. You know, the Impala SS two-door hardtops and convertibles and and the, and and the big Ford Galaxies from the 60s and into the 1970s. But the wagons didn't survive in the same quantity. So, but man, you're right. They're a good example is going to bring strong money right now. That's why I mentioned the four-door sedan as being an entry-level body style. It used to be we could include the station wagons in there, too. But we can't anymore because the demand and the prices are up. And what's really cool about the station wagons is, is they do tap into our fond memories of growing up, riding in a station wagon, going on vacations, reliving that, and that's driving the market right now. Yeah, there'll be station wagons, and, I mean, you know, with with well over 1,200 cars there, you can be sure there is going to be, there's going to be the vehicles that you would normally expect, the typical popular collector-type cars, which really represents the, maybe the mid-50s up to the early 70s. But then there's going to be a lot of really cool surprises, too. How about uh, where's the trend going with Restomod? Do you see that growing quite a bit? You know, taking the older cars, putting modern-day drive trends. Not to the extent that you're going to build a SEMA car, but, you know, late-model drivelines, Coyote Motors, LS Motors, you know, and all the electronics and the goodies. Is that grow- is that growing in that market, that share? Absolutely. I would have to say that what what's happening is is, Vintage cars again will take the mid fifties to the early seventies as a as, as a chunk. One of the popular build strategies today is to upgrade a cool vintage car with modern equipment. Now, what I'm seeing from my perspective is, is guys that are doing it are not taking um, original cars with original drivetrains that are in good condition and modifying them. They're taking cars that are missing drivetrains, missing engines, mm-hmm. cars that have had body damage, or maybe even cars that had been salvaged. And they're bringing them back to life, and it's bringing in a slightly younger demographic. The technology and the workmanship these guys do on these cars are incredible, and it is a hugely growing part of the collector car world. And and as you'd expect, there will be no shortage of resto mods in addition to stock, or at least stock appearing, original configurations as well. Um, they're blending very nicely in the marketplace. The clubs now, the various judging uh, criteria at the various clubs, including Bloomington Gold for the Corvettes, now have a Restomod class where they will judge those cars. So not only are they here, not only are they here, but they're here to stay, and they are not going anywhere. Well, you touched on one thing. You said it's attracting a younger crowd. And if that's what it takes to get these younger kids interested in these old cars because these guys are little electronic whiz kids, um, I'm more power to them because that just proliferates the hobby. Well, it does, and let me tell you, this is going to be a little funny. Let me tell you what I define by by a younger demographic. 
probably the 50, 50 year old range. And I'll tell you really, why, yeah. And I'll tell you why that is. And that's because, and we can all look back at our, you know, I'm a classic right in the middle of the run baby boomer. Um, but like a lot of us, we established our career. We started having families. We had children. We had to pay off bills. We had to pay off houses. We had to get kids through college. And then at some point, at some point, things have settled down a bit. And now it's time to have fun. Now it's time to say, okay, I don't have to necessarily pay as much attention financially to, to uh, paying all those bills. And so it seems, and there's exceptions all the time, of course, but 50 years old, honestly, seems to be about that transition point. Hmm. And, uh, you know, a 50-year-old buyer now, uh, you know, was not, was not alive back in the 1960s. You know, he was born in the early 1970s. He mm-hmm. still maybe remember cars from that very popular time period, but maybe, you know, drum brakes and, and, and clunky chokes and two-speed and only three-speed automatic transmissions and lack of air conditioning and <laughs> not real great handling is not something that they necessarily find charming in an old car. They like the style and they like the image of having a cool car, but they want all those modern goodies. And as we know, the aftermarket has utterly, and the OEM suppliers have exploded with their, with creating plug-and-play equipment to be able to bring these cars up to speed. You mentioned the Coyote upgrades for the Fords, the LS for the GM cars, uh, even, you know, the Mopar guys yeah, can use modern Hemi crate engines, a variety of those as well. And, you know, the OEMs would not have gotten so heavily involved in this unless they felt like, wow, there's, you know, this has got some traction that's going to be around. We can spend the development money. And us as car enthusiasts, we take advantage of it because it's getting easier by the day to take a vintage car and upgrade it with modern equipment. Absolutely. No question there. Let me ask you this. Any charity uh, um, auctions? Um, I haven't. Good, good question. I haven't noticed any particular vehicles that are being sold for charity, but I do want to do a shout I'm glad you asked that. I do want to do a shout-out for our friends at Caring Kids Cancer. You can check them out online. Okay. Every day at the auction, literally every day, so this will be four days, in the middle of the auction, we'll do, uh, we'll do a sign to raise funds for Caring Kids Cancer. And they're a great bunch. We've been working with them for years. And it gives an opportunity for somebody that's there to help out what we consider to be a real important cause. And Agranya and her crew are always at all of our auctions. And it just, it's a, that's a really good fit. And the work that they've done to improve uh, uh, chances for these kids with cancer is unbelievable. That's super. That's very commendable. Excellent. Yeah, indeed. Let me ask you this. Motorcycles, what do you got? Anything interesting coming through in motorcycles? Yeah, and I'll tell you, yes. And I'll tell you what another big trend is, uh, and that is of vintage motorcycles, and specifically the entry-level motorcycles that a lot of us learned to ride as kids or wanted to have. Hmm. That would be primarily prim- primarily the Honda Mini Trail 50s, yep. Honda Mini Trail 70s. Yep. And they're, they're to the point now where they're no longer affordable castaway or uh, uh, just sort of disposable vehicles. Very collectible, restored. They can bring five to $8,000, and we've got a great selection of those machines that appeal to really a surprisingly wide age group but what's strange is people are not riding them they're buying them they're collecting them they're putting on display in their offices hanging them on their wall stacking them in the corner of their garage it just makes them happy to be in the company and if the trend continues in that market of these small learn to ride motorcycles from the late 60s early 70s any any indication that is also a market that's here to stay as well. And a cottage industry has popped up to be able to provide all the parts we need to restore those. And there's shops around that will do it, including paint and decals and everything else. That's super. How about musical instruments? Again. No, yeah, no, no musical instruments of any merit. Okay. Those are interesting questions. But what we do, before we do, before we start cars every day, we don't want to start the auction in the morning, 10 o'clock, with with the first car right off the bat. So we, we, we offer what's called auction starters, and it could be die-cast signs, gas pumps, slot machines. It could be celebrity-signed guitars. Mm-hmm. could be anything really from A to Z, anything that would be, we call it road art, which is our generic term for memorabilia. And so every auction runs usually, oh, a half hour to 45 minutes in the morning 
before the cars run as auction starters to get the ball rolling. And that's where we see a lot of that's where we see a lot of those celebrity signed guitars. But as far as a dedicated collector high end guitar uh, collections like we've done previously in Florida. Uh, don't have any of those this year at our summer special. Okay, Maybe well, in Kissimmee next year. Okay, now the next big event after this one is what Monterey, right? Right, we go to Monterey, California, mid-August. That is one of our smallest auctions, but it's also the auction that has our highest per car value. That'll be August 12th through the 14th. We'll be back on our regular television schedule on on NBCSN. We'll have 15 hours of coverage there in addition to the live streaming that I mentioned earlier. And uh, and then after that, we go we go to Dallas in September and October. Believe it or not, we've got three auctions. We have Las Vegas, Chattanooga, and the Chicago area, and then we finish out the year in Kansas City uh, in December. And then, of course, starting now, really seriously, we're already getting up for Kissimmee, January 2022. It's just a non-stop effort on everybody to keep these things churning. We're doing about 30,000 consignments annually now, and just in the past year during this pandemic, we've done almost $500 million in the sale of collector vehicles. Whoa! Mind-boggling, yep. mind-boggling. Astonishing. Wow. Okay, real quick. The, the auctions this weekend starts tomorrow, right? In, in uh, Orlando. So give out all the information real quick so all my listeners can... Uh, Gather up all their goodies and their little piggy banks and their uh, buried uh, coffee cans and head over there this week. Yeah, absolutely. Orange Orange County Convention Center, downtown Orlando, of course. As you said, it begins tomorrow, goes through Saturday. Doors open up every day at 8 o'clock. If you buy your tickets online, they're 20 bucks, 30 bucks at the door. Kids 12 and under free. And we've had people, the feedback we get is people say it is the best car show I've ever attended. I call it a car show with a pulse, because not only do you have all these great cars, but you've got the cars moving, you hear them driving, they cross the auction block, you're seeing them sell, you're seeing the prices. We'll have a lot of vendors on place to plan on spending the whole day wear comfortable shoes. Sounds great. Well, I'll see you this week. So, uh, John, I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us for a few minutes here, telling us about all the good stuff going on in makeups in Orlando oh, at the convention center. Hey, man. Always a pleasure. Appreciate the interest, and... Go Florida. You got it. Thank you very much. Thanks, man. I want to thank my special guest, John Craman from Meekum Auction, lead commentator. Super nice guy. Also big into Fender uh, Jaguar guitars. Hey, Tommy, go ahead and uh, what do we got? A commercial, a song? We got something going on there? Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgia Getting Cars. How about a little Booker T and AMGs? We'll be right back with our next guest for the evening. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. for car shows? Then look no further than flacarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, flacarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at flacarshows.com. That's a nice looking car. Yeah, thanks. Back in the day, the girls loved it. Turn it over. How the hell did you do that? I designed it. 
You're John DeLorean, aren't you? <laughs> Shakespeare writes a play, he at least gets to put his name on it. Well, I might do that yet. Ladies and gentlemen, the most successful auto executive in living memory, Mr. John DeLorean. It is my great pleasure to present to you the DeLorean Motor Car. It's like science fiction or something. It's the future. I've hit a cash flow problem. I need to raise $30 million in the next 10 days. Can you help me, Jim? One thing I've learned is that there is a deal to be made, always. My husband of yours is quite the charmer. Only until you get to know him. What is that? Okay, what me... is going on? I work for the FBI. You're in the FBI? You know, like a spy. You're a spy. I, they would classify me as an informant. You work with us on this, we bring him in and go free. John DeLorean, 30 million cocaine. Check, check, check. Hi, I was looking for John. Who wants to know? Check, 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 check. What's that? <clears throat> check. Please go check. Yeah, thank you. Oh! Oh! You're moments away from being a very rich man. You owe us. We don't owe you. I will be remembered. My car will be remembered. John is your friend. Don't do this, John. History is written by the victors. John, what are you doing? Drive the DeLorean and live the dream. If you haven't signed up yet, what are you waiting for? Special agent in charge. I like that. And I really like your suit. You look great. You're the best dressed guy here. You know that. Hey, this is Tammy Edelbrock, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Okay, we're back and tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and time to introduce our special guest for the evening. Gentleman is a good friend of mine. He's been on my show many, many times. He is the founder and chairman of one of the coolest auctions based out of Scottsdale, Arizona, and I love Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening my good friend Drew Alcazar. How you doing, Drew? Doing great. Thanks for having me on once again. Yes, man. Well, now, I played that little clip of John DeLorean because, not because of all the, the dumb stuff that happened, because he was such a cool guy at what he did, and you are a cool guy at what you do. I mean, you talk about the GQ auction guy in the industry with knowledge and the ability to command the English language. You impress me every time. Well, that's very, very kind. I often tell people that uh, you come to my auction, and the guy on the auction block there as the ringleader, is uh, that's my alter ego. <laughs> wow. And I don't know anybody else that's got a Boss Fortune on in their living room. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, you know, people come up and they say, gee, Drew, you're cool for having a car parked in your house. I go, no, my wife is cool for letting me do it. There you go. There you go. All right. So tell us what's up coming on in monterey this uh wow that's we're only like less than three weeks away oh yeah no shoot it's nipping to the heels uh we're going to be loading trucks here next week and uh, heading up to monterey uh this is the coming out party finally we're uh back to 100 uh, percent full throttle doing our auction in the round live downtown monterey it's uh it's been a long year and a half hiatus uh, waiting for that kind of enthusiasm to come back live and in person a lot of people asked us, uh, you know, during sort of the, uh, the, 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 the I, I nicknamed it the scamdemic, but let's not yep. wax too We're on here. the same page. We're on the same you know, page. Uh, about us doing online stuff and whatnot. And truthfully, it just didn't ring true to me. Uh, you know, car collecting for me is, is a passion. I think it exists best amongst fellow enthusiasts live in person uh, of course you know our auction in the round with sort of that gladiator boxing ring coliseum sport that we have where the cars are ground level with all the elevated seating 360 degrees around looking down at the car that sort of passionate visceral interaction is really what i think the hobby is truly about and and until we had an opportunity to once again get back to that I thought it was time, you know, hey, I'm just going to kick it into neutral. I'm going to coast for a little while. So it's been a long year and a half getting to the point where we can uh, jump back up on the auction block, but we're certainly excited about Monterey. Auction days this year are the 12th and 13th. We're going Thursday and Friday this year, and we're checking cars in on the 10th. We've still got room for some more consignment. So if you want to jump on board, give my team a call. Go to RussoAndSteel.com and we'll help you out get a car still in the auction. 
Um, let me ask you this. What, uh, well, I have to digress here. Do you still have the blue 69 GT350 Shelby race car, or did that ever sell? I know there was a special <laughs> on that at one point. I, 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 I just, I just, I love that car. He's just well, out? he's going to be in Monterey, so you have to come up and get Okay. i got to get my wallet out. All right. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The, the hugs I like best are the ones with the wallet. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We're not auctioning this year on Saturday because everyone that's coming to Monterey, I'm sure, will, will, be, will want to be there. But historic Trans Am is the featured mark at the Laguna Seca Rolex Monterey Historic Races this year. So I'm going to be actually in my historic Trans Am car racing on Saturday um, and doing qualifying races on Thursday and Friday. So I'm the only auctioneer on the whole peninsula that's going to be on the track during the day and on his block at night. Wow. Now, which car are you going to be driving in the vintage race for Trans Am? It's the- 1969 Boss 302. Okay, the Warren Tope car? Red number 70. Yep, the Warren Tope car. Warren's dad... Donald Tope actually was the head of transmission and drivetrain at Ford Motor Company and got his son, Warren's Tope car, built as a backdoor kind of, uh, you know, skunk works deal right alongside Parnelli Jones and George Fulmer's factory uh, team cars out of Carcraft. Oh, really? Interesting. Well, yeah, so the, the, the Warren Tope car is a bit of a hybrid, it's not a not an official factory team car but it was was an independent car campaigned with of course a, a tremendous amount of backdoor factory support well that's good that's good so then the blue 69 shelby which has scca it has scca history not trans m history right scca b production and fia homologation paperwork on the blue 69 so that's the oh really that car fun yeah well fia means it can race over in uh, europe that's the good stuff. Anywhere on the planet. Oh, interesting. Now, how did it manage to qualify for that? Well, it was uh, as a result of, uh, unfortunately, the stillborn racing efforts uh, for Ford Motor Company in 69. As, uh, as you're well aware, mm-hmm. uh, there in 70, they just basically slammed the door on everything. Now, granted, the Trans Am thing was already in play, so Parnelli Jones and George Fulmer winning the 70 Trans Am Championship, all of that already been funding and allocated and so forth. But in 69, basically, the, you know, the, the purse strings were cut off, and uh, Ford had intended and went through the full homologation process with FIA for the Boss 302 engine uh, in the 1969 GT350s to be racing in FIA competition in Europe. And unfortunately, it was stillborn. Uh, they were never able to actually compete in those races. But it did get certified through the FIA homologation process. Interesting. Interesting. So that makes that a very special car. That's good. So speaking of race cars, how many race cars are going through the auction? You know, we've got a handful of them. We've got a couple of really cool uh, historic NASCARs that are coming through. Historic NASCARs are always so fun. They're they're big, they're heavy, they're loud. Uh, you know, everybody loves them because they're colorful, instantly recognizable. We've got a, a Bill Elliott car that's going to be on the block. So that's always fun with the big number nine on it, of course, uh, immortalized by uh, Racing Bill. And uh, we've got that. Oh, gee, we've got a really nice little MG that has terrorized the uh, – the vintage racing circuit here for probably the last uh, 10, 15 years. Uh, it's probably the most race-ready car I've ever seen in an auction block. Literally, jump in it, go through tech, be on the track the same day. Wow, interesting, interesting. What are some of the other special cars you've got going on coming through the chute? Oh, geez, I'm trying to think about them now. It's well, now talk of, about, here's I, I, <laughs> Drew, you're a real true car guy, okay? You really are. I, I reference you every once in a while on the show throughout the year here. But you truly are, you know, I mean, a lot of auction people are into cars, but you're into cars, okay? You know, like you said, you get behind the seat and you drive and you drag and you race and, and you have a blast with it. So tell us about some of the cars that are going through there that get your fancy that say well you know unfortunately i have 20 million cars laying around anyway so but what's 20 million one or two or three tell us about some of those cars that are going through the chute that might uh, fit in your garage well as the adage goes you know uh, you don't get high on your own supplies <laughs> okay gotcha it's always tough to be biting my fingernails there uh, you know I, I i refuse to uh, you know to bid against my own bidders uh, but there's times where uh, 
you know, geez, you're on the block and you go, my God, I, I'd love to have that car in the collection. Uh, but, but truthfully, uh, you know, all of the auction block and things that we do with Russo and Steel aside, uh, we, we kind of tumbled to that uh, for enthusiasts, by enthusiasts tagline that we used, which, mm-hmm. which genuinely wasn't some marketing kind of stupid BS that we cooked up in the back room. It was just, it, it genuinely is rings as true as any sort of marketing adage that you can come up with in the space, in that Josephine and I, we would be enjoying the collector car world regardless of whether we had Russo and Steel or not. We would be, you know, road racing our cars with historic Trans Am, B production with SCCA, SBRA, HMSA, uh, HSR, all these guys. I'm probably doing, oh, a dozen or more, you know, main events a year, plus obviously the ancillary track days uh, here and there. Uh, we're, we're doing road rallies, of course, California Melee, uh, all of the different 1,000-mile rallies that we do. We love doing rallies because it's a great way to spend some quality time with the, you know, a couple hundred of your closest friends as you drive 1,000 miles and endure all of the fun that goes along with that. We'd be doing Concord Elegant shows. Um, we submitted my Lamborghini Countach this year to Pebble. I- I'm hoping that the factory car won't make it across the pond. If it doesn't, I'm first in line. So wow. I'm still, I'm still uh, you know, biting my nails, hoping that I can make the lawn at Pebble Beach. But we exhibit in 12 with my Ferrari Cabriolet at Pebble Beach. I probably do oh, a handful of Concord Elegance shows a year with our collection. So truly, uh, the, the auction is just kind of a, 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 a byproduct, shall we say, of mm-hmm. our enthusiasm for, for these cars. We, we do the auction because we dig it. Um, it, uh, we, we like the enthusiasts, the relationships we have, and I think, you know, unlike some of our contemporaries, and everybody's doing such a great job these days, but, but truthfully, walking the walk and talking the talk, I think uh, it gets done better with the passionate enthusiasts and the team we have at Russo and Steel than, than anywhere else. Well said. Now, on that note, I've got to ask you, are you coming back to Florida? I heard a rumor that Amelia might happen again. Well, we certainly have it on the calendar, uh, no doubt about it. We've uh, we've got that on the target uh, center of the bullseye, looking for Amelia Island to return to its uh, traditional uh, March, uh, early to mid-March dates mm-hmm. uh, for 22. So, uh, you know, Bill Warner has always been so gracious uh, to us there. We've exhibited uh, cars on the lawn uh, with his Concorde many times, and uh, he and his team do a spectacular job with the Amelia Island Concorde. He's never done that uh, there outside of the Jacksonville, Florida, uh, right there on the border, basically between Florida and Georgia is where sort of Amelia Island is. So mm-hmm. You really need to take time to do that event. It is spectacular. Without question, on par in terms of the quality of cars with Pebble Beach. But Bill and his team do a great job of a lot of really fun classes. He'll always have a vintage competition class. He'll always have a specialty class. So you'll see, you know, some years it's, it's hot rods, some years it's Mopar. Sometimes they'll do a tribute to, you know, Hemi convertibles. And uh, he'll always have something, the greatest variety that I've ever seen at a Concorde. You know, Pebble Beach is great, but it's a lot of really big, heavy iron that is just millions and millions and millions. And sometimes there's a little bit of a disconnect, whereas I think Amelia Island really targets that broad spectrum. I mean, they'll have Duesenbergs and Piraceros and Packards and Cords and everything that Pebble Beach does, but uh, they also have some really fun classes that more of the more of the muscle kind of contemporary 60s and 70s gang really enjoy. So make some time for that. Uh, Scottsdale, are you back? Where, where, where is it going to be located this time? Is it going to be up there uh, near the 101 again or the 51? Yep, yep, 101 in Scottsdale Road. Uh, everybody knows that kind of is our epicenter. We uh, we uh, had that brief foray where we moved for a couple of years, but truthfully, the, the visibility off the freeway 101 up there, the accessibility right off Scottsdale Road, the 101, is so dramatically better in that location that uh, we, we really call that home. So anything special planned for Scottsdale this year? I just, you know, I, I don't know how I could get more special than just doing Russo and Steel full throttle. <laughs> used to doing it. I, I didn't realize how, how grateful I was to be able to do that until all of a sudden we weren't able to. And uh, it just, man, it just felt like you were that kid in the can, in, in the checkout line. And somebody just stole your, your candy, you know. And uh, it's really going to be nice to uh, getting back to Scottsdale this year. And, uh, and the city's been very supportive, of course. There, uh, All the municipalities are excited to have the events back. Uh, you know, going full throttle once again. So I think Scottsdale this year uh, just is is spooling up to be 
really tremendous. The market right now is has got a huge head of steam. It's it's truthfully um, probably more stirred up and more active now than many of us that have been doing this for forty plus years have ever seen it. Um, you know, cars are trading hands. It's happening quickly. It's difficult to get good quality inventory. You've really got to be putting on a top level event. Um, it's it's a crazy crazy time right now, and I think Scottsdale is going to be. Uh, set a new high watermark. We'll, we'll look back on this year's Scottsdale and Monterey, or and things, and just and for years we'll tell stories about it. What do you think attributed? We got a, a minute or two left. What do you think attributes to why the market? And I would say probably sometime around the middle of last year, through right now, I this is the craziest market I've ever seen. And I like you, I've been in the business for forty some odd years, and I'm like stunned. Yeah. No, the pendulum is just. You know, I mean, it just feels as if the pendulum is swinging at these huge extremes. You, if you roll back the, the tape, you know, 14, 15, 16 months ago, the pendulum was all the way over here. And now today, the pendulum is on the completely opposite side of the spectrum. It's just this kind of time of insanity that's just this sort of land of extremes. Um, but it, it's exciting at the same time. I mean, don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying about it. I think that it's a it's kind of a grab on and hang on kind of time. That, that's very exciting in a lot of ways. Um, there's some things that are frightening about it in some ways also that you don't <laughs> want to get too caught up in that pandemonium and start, you know, really uh, you know making imprudent decisions. Uh, you know, of course, you know, COVID changed the complete dynamic of how it is that that you know our hobby was enjoyed online. In, in the electronic medium of of, a, of the phone in your hand or the computer screen in front of you. Um, and I think to a large degree, that pendulum has really swung that direction also. I'm looking forward to it centering up again because I do think a healthy balance is critical. You need to have live and in-person events, road rallies, Concord Elegance shows, vintage races, auctions. You, you want those live and in-person. I think a lot of what we're seeing now is a pent-up sort of demand because we were denied that interactive sort of kind of participation in our hobby. And truly, that's where it lies. I mean, if you peel back, no matter how cool the car is, I mean, it could be Steve McQueen's 275 GTB 4 Cam Ferrari. Okay. Really great, cool car. At the end of the day, it's still a hunk of metal held off the ground by four people. (laughs) On that note, Drew, we are up against the clock. Real quick, one more time. Shout out for uh, how people can find out about Russo and Steel. Website, RussoAndSteel.com. Visit us there. We'll take care of everything you need. And we'll see you in Monterey. Right, Drew? See you soon. Here, uh, August 13th and 14th, or 12th and 13th. <laughs> all right. And at the racetrack, Drew, I want to thank you very much for hanging out with us here at Nostalgia Getting Cars. I want to thank all my listeners for tuning into Nostalgia Getting Cars. Don't forget, every Tuesday night here between 7 and 8 p.m. for the most fascinating and legendary names in motorsports. See you at some of the car shows. I want to see you at Monterey. I want to see you at... Uh, Russo and Steel, and out at the racetrack at Laguna Seca, watching the Trans Am races. In the meantime, stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.